This is WKOK Sunrise on your station for the best news, talk, and sports. News Radio 1070 WKOK and WKOK.com. Thank you so much for joining us on WKOK Sunrise. We're glad to say Chad Hershberger's a, sort of our acting producer right now, but he's acting like a pretty good producer, so we really appreciate uh, that helping us out this morning on WKOK Sunrise. On the news line with us now, we are back to a great conversation we've had occasionally with one of the leaders at UPMC Susquehanna, the medical director of infectious diseases is on the line, Dr. Rutal Dalal. Good morning, sir. Thanks for calling in again. Hey, thanks so much, Mark, for having me again after a pretty busy spring and summer. <laughs> well, well, that is right. We do have uh, what is a resurgence in positive tests and, and hospitalizations happening. So give us a glimpse, give us a snapshot of what's on the dashboard at UPMC and the state. Uh, what's the status of the outbreak now? Well, yes, unfortunately, as you said, we are seeing a resurgence even locally. And as of Wednesday, November 11th, which was yesterday, across the UPMC system in the U.S., we are treating around 395 inpatients positive for COVID-19, out of which 143 are in southwest Pennsylvania, 35 in north-central Pennsylvania, which is our area, 48 in south-central Pennsylvania, and 52 in northwestern Pennsylvania and New York and 117 are in the Altura region and Maryland. This is also going on with the trends also noted even statewide as well as countrywide. And the states like uh, of Pennsylvania, we are hovering around the 1,700 to 1,800 mark a day of new patients. So there is definitely a resurgence coming in. Um, there has been uptick in the number of hospitalizations as well as in the number of patients who are coming back positive for COVID-19. Our average age group, the youngest we had seen was around a three-month-old baby who had COVID-19, and the eldest, which I have seen in our health care systems, are around 97 years of age. So it has, like, you know, been across the spectrum of age groups, With the primary age group being affected was probably even above the age of 19 and below 25. So that still holds to be the number one age group, which has the highest number of cases. Where are these people getting that disease? Do you know from the tracing uh, location where many people may may have contracted the coronavirus? Yeah, so most of the people are, are getting it from exposures within their family or extended family, um, and um, which means that, you know, when people do gather for social events, that's when is the biggest problem. Also, the second biggest chunk is um, high school students as well as the college students, which have uh, been probably there uh, getting together after the colleges and universities had reopened. So as of now, that is the biggest group, uh, sorry, the biggest reason why we are probably seeing more and more cases. And um, I do think there is also an element of COVID fatigue associated with this because people are getting tired about um, like you know, doing the right things, uh, social distancing, hand washing, and masking, and people forget that you know, they're still in the midst of a pandemic. And um, that's the reason why probably um, we are going upwards all across the country and all across our state. And if people use proper precautions, it is possible to attend a house of worship, to go to a restaurant, to go to a high school or a college, to do so 
as safely as possible. We, we've sort of developed some best practices now, and, and we can do all of those things relatively safely. Is that correct? Oh, absolutely. And just a couple of days ago, the CDC again came up with a very stringent guideline about masking. That is, of course, in conjunction with other stuff will be helpful, but masking absolutely helps. And even, the, to some extent, cloth masks and even gaiters definitely help you, provided you have at least three layers of cloth um, to protect you. So um, I think masking is absolutely, absolutely vital. And uh, as you said correctly, Mark, um, all the other practices, the best practices, can definitely help you navigate through these turbulent times. In a nutshell, the new CDC remark was that the masks are actually a little bit more helpful at protecting the wearer from the coronavirus than maybe we thought in the past. Am I kind of summarizing that right? Oh, yes, absolutely, because there was always this uh, thing that, you know, well, you will be protecting the other person, um, especially if you are wearing a mask to contain your droplets, but even the other way around, like it is definitely helping the wearer as well, which was exemplified even um, in the recent SARS epidemic as well as swine flu epidemic, um, which had happened in areas of um, Southeast Asia, which had spread over the country as well. So um, things are coming back full circle, that it also protects the wearer as well. And, uh, and like, you know, if everybody wears it, like if there's universal masking, Obviously, nobody can transmit it to others, and like if somebody else is having it, harboring the virus, won't be able to give it to others as well. Now, the infection rate is relatively high around here, or certainly the testing rate is very high around here. We may have the same infection rate we had months and months ago, but we have a lot of testing. But the death rate is significantly lower. Tell us about that good, good statistic. Yeah, absolutely. Like, you know, and the rates have definitely gone up. Um, just because of slight mutation in one of the amino acid uh, links, which is a part of the protein which the uh, virus needs for it to replicate and survive. Um, so that is a spike protein with which it attaches to the human cells. So that bond has become more stronger. And uh, when that happens, um, it, it, it attaches itself to the nasopharyngeal area, which means the nose and the upper nose and the upper respiratory tract area, and then it's easily transmissible to others. Now, whenever you do that, you compromise on the on the lethality of the virus uh, because uh, once it starts concentrating its efforts of self-preservation and uh, self-propagation, uh, you are bound to affect its cell machinery so that it produces less deadly chemicals are less, it provokes a less hostile immune response from a human body, which will in turn uh, protect you and not let you die because it also wants you to survive and give the virus to somebody else. So having said that, like, you know, we are blessed in, an, in a way, uh, but uh, of course the transmission has gone up and of course number of testing also have gone up, but if you see the number of new cases, they are far more than the spike in the number of tests we are doing. So obviously, propagation and transmission of the virus has definitely gone up. But as you said correctly, death rate is not really following suit to that extent, uh, just because of the mutation in the protein of the virus.
We have a lot of people in the U.S. who say they're not afraid of it. You know, they know people who didn't get that sick. Maybe they themselves did, didn't get that sick. They are not worried about not wearing a mask. They're not all that worried about getting the virus. What do you say to those individuals that uh, you know are relatively fearless and uh, and and proceed into a, a COVID world worry-free? But I would say they were just pretty lucky. Like you know, there's no way to say like how badly sick you are going to be. I have seen cases, I have heard cases about even people between the age group of 19 and 23 succumbing to the virus. Um, and I've seen even the people at the age of 78 fighting the virus and they're coming out like winners. Like, so it's very, very, uh, it's very, very tough to say like, who is going to get the virus and who is going to be very sick. Of course, if your immunity is not the best, uh, there are chances that you, know, you will end up in trouble. But having said that, like, you know, we still do not know much about the immunity. Uh, if you get the virus, how long does it last? We do know that you know, it definitely lasts anywhere sometimes between 60 and 80 days. Um, but again, like, you know, nobody knows how sick you're going to be. So I would say, like, you know, well, continue to wear your mask and be mindful even about your surroundings, about your own family members, about some even suppressed individuals in your local in your community and you know, with your neighbors, because... We are going into uncharted territory. The, the northern hemisphere, which includes us, we are heading into fall and winter. And um, you never know. Um, the vitality might go up again. Uh, it might become more transmissible. Uh, because as you know, like, you know, these viruses thrive in, uh, in cold weather. And um, we're also worried about the double whammy. Like, you know, what if you get hit with both viruses, the flu, as well as the COVID virus? So... With the mask, it's not going to only protect you against COVID. It's also going to protect you against other respiratory viruses, including the regular common cold and including the flu virus. So I think, like, you know, if everybody becomes mindful of this, um, we as a country, we as a state, and we as a local region can fight this virus and not let it affect us as much as it affected us in the spring and the early summer months. Sometimes the state and federal government have mandates to help uh, keep us safer. What's your view as a physician on this idea of government restrictions that are designed to help control the virus? Well, you know, government restrictions, there's always a seesaw. Like, you know, if somebody has to compromise on public safety, um, then, uh, you know, you have to come up with a, a, a substantial, like, you know, alternate plan. I know it affects businesses. It affects the local economy. Uh, but having said that, like, you know, all of these are well thought of practices uh, which are in consultation with local public health experts, especially who work with, uh, with the government in close um, hands. Like, so if you do that, like, you know, obviously somebody is going to get hurt. But I would say, like, you know, one should listen to the state and the federal government health agencies because they do have the tools to monitor to find out like what is going to be the best practice as a community to fight this particular virus, and one should definitely like you know adhere to that. Um, I, of course, like there are people on the other side who have suffered just because of the local shutdowns and restrictions in place. But I would say overall, like you know, you can always gain momentum and catch up with whatever you've lost, but. Once a human life is lost, it's very difficult. In fact, it's impossible, of course, to right. get it back. So, 
uh, I would say like, you know, just, just walk. I know it's a tight rope to walk, but like, you know, and this is, of course, unprecedented times. And we hope this never comes again in our lifetime. Right. It's not really a tightrope because we know uh, business, some businesses won't make it from one side to the other without uh, revenue. So, yeah, it's worse than a tightrope. Well, thank you so much for your information and your help. Uh, we really appreciate that. We know folks can get uh, more information at UPMC.com about all of this. And uh, Dr. DeLal, thank you as always. We always appreciate your help. And we're going to pencil you back in for more check-ins in the months ahead. Thank you. Yeah, thank you so much, uh, Mark. And like, you know, as, as always, like, you know, Everybody just please stay safe and enjoy your upcoming holidays. All right. Thank you so much, Dr. Rutel DeLal. Thank you, sir. Uh, Dr. Rutel DeLal, Medical Director, Infectious Disease from UPMC uh, Susquehanna. Uh, you can hear all of his remarks at WKOK.com. We'll have those posted on our podcast page ASAP in case you want to review some of uh, his remarks.